0: I know that I'm a little late to reporting on this. A certain bigger Catholic channel commented on the latest letter by the good archbishop. Truth be told, I haven't watched any other commentary on this letter yet, because I wanted to have my own take that wasn't influenced by others. And so what I'm going to do for you is to zero in on one statement that the good archbishop said in his latest letter. And then connect that statement to approved apparitions and mystics of the church who said essentially the same thing my aim is to show you that voices in the church and from heaven itself were pointing to what is probably our times in the church and i say probably because we could all be wrong about the state of things in the church right now though i doubt it if we aren't living in the times that voices like blessed anne catherine emmerich and our lady of la salette foretold then i don't really want to know what those times that have been foretold will look like but let's get into the statement because it's important And once this is done i'll watch what the others have had to say now i avoid watching the others before i do my own work so i don't inadvertently copy what they have to say and one final note i can't read the letter here like his pieces for the last several months they've become just too much and i've learned that the hard way and by too much i mean you know for our wonderful and fair and totally lovely hosts anyway let's dive in the good archbishop talks a lot about the partnership between the hierarchy of the church and the leviathan He does as usual, engaging in a sort of poetic, straightforward, blunt approach that I really appreciate from him. I wish we had more of that in the church. But here is what he said that I want to zoom in on. He says that the church is in eclipse. Now, some might not understand what that means. He does not mean to say that the church is gone, that the church no longer exists, or that the evil one has triumphed over the church in some sort of denial of those sacred promises that our blessed Lord gave to the first pope, St. Peter, and to the rest of the apostles. The church prevails and will continue to do so. But what the good archbishop is saying here is something rather obvious. The hierarchy are not working to promote the faith, but are doing quite the opposite. In technical terms, if this claim is true, then they aren't part of the hierarchy anymore. The laws of the church make it quite clear that heresy removes the person from the embrace of the church. But for now, it is sufficient to say that the good archbishop is saying the obvious. The hierarchy has, by and large, chosen to work with Caesar and the Leviathan. Imagine if one of the bishops of the church during Diocletian's reign had chosen to work with Diocletian, and chose to promote whatever gospel Diocletian chose and then promoted that gospel in the name of our blessed Lord. That is essentially what we seem to be seeing here and what the good archbishop is saying. This isn't a new message from a prelate, though. It's not a new message at all, in fact, but let's get something clear first. What does it mean for something to be in eclipse? The most basic definition of an eclipse comes from Google, I know, I was being lazy when I looked it up, but it works, and it is defined as an obscuring of the light from one celestial body by the passage of another between it and the observer, or between it and its source of illumination. A lunar eclipse is when a moon is obscured by the passage of the sun, and a solar eclipse is when the sun is obscured by the passage of the moon. Basic stuff, I know, but what would this mean for the church to be an eclipse? it would mean that something else had passed in front of it, obscuring it from view. And this brings us to the mystics who saw all this coming. I'll start with Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. I've done videos on this mystic if you're not familiar with her. John Paul II elevated her to the rank of Blessed, and the hierarchy has since attempted to turn her into a mascot for the efforts of the modernists. That's actually pretty clever of them, to be honest. Something she said that has always stuck out among everything else she said, and she had a lot to say, was the following quote Last night from eleven to three I had a most wonderful vision of two churches and two popes and a variety of things, ancient and modern. I saw the consequences of this mimic church, and quote. She goes on and describes many, many adversaries of our Lord flocking to it, coming to the Holy See, in large numbers. She saw shuttered parishes, the laity having no access to sacraments, and most importantly, a storm rising against the bark of Peter, and that the church would be delivered from that at the last moment. Later she spoke at length of two popes, but only called one of them Pope, and the figure she described was a man of very advanced years who did not appear to be capable of doing the job of the Pope at all. She said this figure was supported in his prayers for the church by the angels in that in this time the faith would find itself practiced by only a few, mostly in farmhouses as the darkness spread. Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich had these experiences in the 1820s during the papacies of Popes Pius VII and Eighth. For a fuller treatment of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, I'll have my video on her as the recommended video at the end of this one for those watching this on YouTube at any rate. Many Catholics have heard of Our Lady of La Salette. In 1846, Our Lady appeared to young people in the French Alps, and she bore a message that is familiar to those familiar with the message of Fatima. Penance, 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 which seems to be Our Lady's message at virtually all of her appearances anyway. She also had a message for the Church about what was to come, which is also usual. Her message is the stuff of Hollywood films depicting the final days, but important here is the message that the faith will wither, especially among the clergy, who will take their flocks with them those that remain steadfast will be given crosses to carry for our, by our Lord. Even Rome will join them, and lead many away from the embrace of the church, and that it will eventually lead to such a place that Rome will become the seat of the man of sin himself. Now clearly we're not there yet, as the man of sin hasn't appeared yet. But we are seeing what is described by Our Lady of La Salette. And here's the thing, we are seeing the early stages of this. And this is why I often end the intro of my videos with the words, buckle up, because we may well be witnessing this unfold before our eyes. And that brings me back to the good Archbishop, who used the phrase last summer, Solve et Coagula, to describe what the Leviathan was doing. The term means to dissolve and condense, to take apart and rebuild. That is the essence of the ape or mimic of the church. Elsewhere, Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich spoke of this in terms of witnessing the building of an edifice church over the church. An image that perfectly describes the ape of the church, a term I took from Fulton Sheen, who was almost certainly familiar with Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. But how is this a possibility? And we turn to St. Francis of Assisi for the answer to that. In the early 13th century, St. Francis himself had a vision of the future and of his own order of monks and the role they would play in what Blessed Anne Catholic Emmerich described. St. Francis described the ascension of a pontiff, not chosen according to canonical norms, that he would not be a pastor at all, but an adversary to our Blessed Lord. He says it in such stark terms that you probably should read them for yourself. You can either find them published in the omnibus of St. Francis of Assisi or in places all over the web. I have a link to uh, his to what he had to say in my show notes today at Return to Tradition.org for those interested. And I'll try to remember to put a link to that video also that I did on him a while ago in my show notes as well. But St. Francis described a situation that eerily parallels what happened to the Franciscan friars of the Immaculate for they attempted to adhere to the traditional teachings of the Church, and were for the first to be removed by Francis. This has since happened to numerous others as well, and is almost certainly going to happen more in Pontificum at some point, and the coming synod on the clergy will make that easier to do. But the picture painted by the three easiest to describe apparitions and mystics of the Church is one that is of our times, and I think the good Archbishop is saying the same thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had familiarized himself with these subjects and persons. But this is in the realm of the theoretical, and I, and the good archbishop, and everyone else involved could be wrong about these prophetic messages being for our time, so always take this sort of thing with with a pinch of salt. Now, what does this look like in practice? Right now, there is a pretty high-profile conference going on, organized by the Acolytes of Leviathan, on what I usually just call the Laudato Si subject, on all things about recycling and the rest. Francis, along with numerous other figures, are participating in this, and Francis had the following to say. Quote, our concern is to take care of nature so that it takes care of us, End quote. Now that's an interesting statement to make, to say the least. The Catholic view is that God takes care of us. Any concern for the created realm should be based on our love for God and the duties that come as a result of that. But what about God taking care of us? The giveaway with the good archbishop's point being accurate is that we rarely, if ever, hear much about God, our blessed Lord, or the faith from Francis and the hierarchy at these sorts of events. Their primary purpose is supposed to be spreading the gospel, for a call to holiness, and to know and to love our Lord, and instead we get the message of Leviathan, wrapped up nicely in a bow and presented to the faithful. If this is not the beginnings of the ape of the church, then I don't really know what it is. Sheen gave us some notes of what this might look like. The man of sin will have his own forerunner, like our Lord had his own in St. John the Baptist. In every way, the man of sin will be a mimic of our Lord, a mirror image, one who looks like him in enough ways. That even the faithful will believe him to be our lord at least a good portion of them but one who will take the matters of caesar and the leviathan and make them a matter of dogma to be followed by the faithful the forerunner to the man of sin will do much of this himself and according to sheen he will be recruited from the bishops of the church the man of sin will not be such, the church has definitively and repeatedly ruled on this throughout the ages. The man of sin will not be a pope, but his forerunner will be. Frankly, I think that is what the good archbishop is implying heavily is what is going on. I doubt he'll ever just come out and say it with the clarity he uses for pretty much everything else, but in this I would interpret what he is saying in that way, not just in his latest piece, but in everything he has written, more or less, over the last few years. So consider that. And what do you think? Let me know your thoughts in the comments, please. His letter will be linked in today's show notes at returntotradition.org, as usual. Skip past the Patreon pop up if you need to, and you should see the posting for today's show notes and viewing options there. On your screen now or shortly is a recommendation for the video I did on Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, which was one of the first pieces in my We Were Worn series that I did. I should also be um, making a playlist for that soon. I really need to. I should also be returning to that series shortly, and in fact had planned to until another commentator did the exact video I was going to do and did it about a week ago, delaying mine by at least a month, if not longer. Such is life. Anyway, like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you don't miss anything. And please, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.